Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Hey, there we are. We're live, everybody. Hello. How's everybody doing? We are live following UFC 280 with a brand new edition of On to the Next One. It is time to matchmake following a card that will have talking points and storylines to build on for the next several days at least. We have a new lightweight champion of the world. We saw fighters take some big leaps. We saw fighters take some tumbles, and we will discuss those for sure from a matchmaking perspective. I am Mike Heck, still here in New York. It has been a day, my friends. It has been a day. We won't get into it. But I'm here for a few more hours, and I am joined on this program, as always, by the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the Prince of Positivity, and the best friend, Mr. Alexander K. Lee. Just, just the mere thought, just the mere talk of you, AK, got people here in the lobby of the hotel just fired up. So happy. How are you, Mike? Uh, I'm great. The comments are also already fired up on YouTube. Uh, we'll talk about that more in a second. I see people wanting me to issue some sort of a apology to the new uh, lightweight champion, Islam Makachev. But, uh, Mike, I'm still kind of coming down. This, is a, this was a weird card. It was, a, in a way, a good card. But it was weird in a way that one, it was kind of early. You know, normally you and I are pretty fried from staying up all night doing coverage and and getting ready for the show. Uh, this time we had a lot of room to breathe before the end of uh, UFC 280. Of course, it was a pretty early time over here in uh, in North America, and um, and and to process kind of what happened. We got we got a new champion. We had a one of probably my least favorite title fights I've ever seen. Talking about the co-main event. Um, we got super controversy uh, with the uh, with the O'Malley Yan fight, so a lot to process. A lot of a lot of people talking, a lot of stuff on social media, including myself. Uh, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I've been I've been reading a lot of it. I've been. We've had some. Mike, you and I had to discuss two of the cringiest fighters uh, out, there, quote unquote, fighters out there right now: McGregor and Cejudo. Some of the comments they made. I've got. A, I'm still processing, but I think I'm ready. I'm ready to do today's show, and uh, and I'm. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in so far. Yes. So to open the curtains, so to speak, I still have a lot of crap to do before I have to fly home. So we're gonna go for like an hour, maybe a little more. I still need to like check out of here and do the packing of the stuff thing and all that super fun stuff. Like I said, it's been a morning. Had things gone to plan, we could have just gone as long as we wanted to but it didn't and nothing really did this weekend so uh we'll go as long as we can we'll take as many listener submissions as we can at the end and we'll likely just sort of pull them up we'll, we'll pull the comments up and we'll make it up to you like if you're a, a regular podcast listener we'll make it up to you but this is what we have to do today to get a show so let's get into it ak islam makachev and maybe this is the opportunity for you to apologize or say what you have to say, but he is the best lightweight in the world. He's the new lightweight champion. He dominated Charles Oliveira. And this was the fight a lot of people expected on paper. This is what everything on paper told me this fight was going to look like. And he just did the damn thing. Islam is a man of his word. A lot of talk about the confidence, not just for himself, but for Habib, his entire team. And Islam delivered in the cage. Him and Habib delivered an A-plus promo after the fight. He had the face-off with Alexander Volkanovsky. And I got to say, AK, from where I was maybe Friday to where I am right now, I mean, my mind has shifted on this fight. It went from intrigue to all-in. I'm all-in on this. I'm all-in. So to make my answer simple, we're just going to do this fight. Makachev versus Volkanovsky, February in Perth, main event for UFC 284. 
lightweight title versus the number one pound for pound spot. Are you with me? Yeah, I mean, I listen, and I, I should I shouldn't mince words. I should just I I'm I'm one of those people who always says when there's a super fight on the table, don't mess around, just do it. Uh, I will say I went a different direction this time, maybe just because I expected you and everyone, and including myself, the first inclination, just go with the Volkanovski thing. And you certainly can't go wrong. I see your comments, Lee, in the in on YouTube. I say, so, sorry, this is for the podcast <laughs> listeners. Is uh, someone's just uh, very adamant that I that I uh, anoint Islam Makhachev? Listen, he doesn't need me to anoint him. I, I'm the last person that that needs to give uh, Islam his flowers because that performance was incredible. You know uh, that like it, it went exactly like you said, Mike. Sort of as we expected it. That wrestling, of course, he's going to go to it. Um, and and uh, 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 Charles Oliveira welcomed it. He pulled guard within the first minute of the fight, which I thought was bold, but not not unlike what we've seen from Charles in the past. He he believes in using that his strengths are better than anyone else's strengths. He went right to it. Uh, we thought that Makachev's top game would give him a lot of problems. It did in round one. In my prediction, I had thought that Charles would then turn it up in the second round and find a way to finish Islam. But uh, the second round was even more Islam, even more dominant. He finished the fight. Uh, I, if anyone's thinking like, well, maybe maybe Charles should have just st- kept it standing, uh, Makachev was doing really well on the feet too. I mean, it's not it's not like oh, Oliveira was like lighting him up and and shouldn't have gone to the ground. It's like it was either 50-50 or 60-40 for Makachev. Like he was landing some really good shots. I think we've talked a lot about how he has better stand up than Habib. Not that Habib needed to use it that much during his career because he could take down everyone. Uh, Makachev can too, but I do think he's a better stand up fighter. Than uh, than Habib and uh, is maybe as good or again or better a stand up fighter than Charles Oliveira. He looks really good. If it had stayed in the feet, maybe it could have gone either way. Doesn't matter. Makachev was the one who dictated where this fight went, um, and uh, and he looked great in the ground. I, amazing. Listen, he submitted Oliveira. It's not like he's the first person to do that, but anyone who submits someone who I think is one of the best ground fighters ever in the lightweight division, uh, amazingly impressive. So. No, nothing but hats off to Islam Makachev and, and Mike, as you said, just perfect execution of the post-fight call-out, him and Habib. Um, this is the start. This could be the start of a really special run at 155. I'm glad afterwards he was kind of like, uh, you know, yeah, I may go up to welterweight someday, but let, let me defend the belt here a few times. So whether that means he's going to defend it two or three times or go on like a seven-fight title defense streak, I think anything's possible with this guy. I would like him. Excuse me. I would like him to keep sort of defending against lightweights, which is probably why I went with Benil Dariush instead. Um, there's also that part of me that's like, well, Benil just deserves a friggin' title shot. Uh, the Volkanovski fight is so much juicier. I think the only uh, one more reason why I veered away from that is I think Islam will beat Volkanovski, uh, and pretty convincingly, he's a, they're both great fighters, they're both great fighters. But I think size matters. I think that would be the difference here. Um, if any featherweight could go up and beat Islam, of course, Volkanovski is the one I would I would consider. But I think Makachev handles him. And I think that's just a bad moment for the Australian fans. I think you don't want to end on a downer. So I would give Volkanovski like a featherweight title defense. Let, let him have a cool big moment where he where, where he just defends that featherweight title. And then you build up to him in Islam in like Las Vegas or something. That, that fight should happen someday. I know we all want to see it. But Benil deserves a shot, man. I mean, Benil deserves a shot. This is getting ridiculous. The guy is now, how many straight now? Eight straight. Eight, in a row. Eight straight. Eight in a row. Like, this is absurd. Uh, 16, uh, what is he now? 16, four, and one in the UFC. Uh, I think now third, tied for the third most UFC lightweight victories. He's an exciting fighter. He won't advocate for himself, Mike. So I guess you and I have to do it. He kind of mentioned at the, uh, you know, not post fight interview, but post fight press conference, who else is there? And I'm like, even that's not a strong like. Even that's not a strong endorsement for yourself. Don't say. Don't say it like the UFC has no other options. Say it like the UFC has a bunch of options, and I'm the best one. So uh, I'm pulling a magic wand here. I think obviously the Volkanovski fight happens, but I'd love to see um, Darius get his due because other than that, it's just more tough fights ahead for Darius. I, I don't know what more the man has to do to earn a UFC title shot. Yeah, I, I just uh, I pulled up a comment from a Swell guy who said that Islam. Yeah, it was a great fighter, but doesn't have personality, and that's his problem. You don't need it when you have Habib, who has it all. Habib has personality, and I thought the whole thing was brilliant. Islam was humble, showed that side of him, and then he just, at DC, to his credit, too, nailed it, too. Gave it to Habib. Habib makes the call out. He invites Volkanovsky into the cage. They have the face-off. 
it doesn't matter what you feel about Makachev's personality. So what if he's not going to get in there and sell the fight? You know who is? Habib will do it. He's the mouthpiece. He's the mouth of the South. He's like Jimmy Hart, Paul Heyman, all the great managers. He's not just a coach, but he's like, he's the mouthpiece. It's fantastic. I like, I love where this is going. I thought they did a fantastic job and this fight's going to be gigantic and I can't wait to see it. So for Oliveira, he vowed after the loss to, to get back to form. He's still going to be a guy that people are going to be excited to see. His stock obviously drops here. I hopefully, hopefully this incredible run he was on doesn't get forgotten, but to me, this one seems pretty easy, AK, because, I mean, I, I, I'll just get this one out of the way. My official answer is Benil Darius because Darius is not going to get a title shot. And like you said, Darius has done everything that he needs to do to get a title fight. He's just not going to get it. So it's unfortunate for Darius. I'm very happy to see that he actually got a win because the MA gods just completely don't hate this guy, and that's always great to see. But... I think Oliveira would be a, a very solid consolation prize, one would think. But I do have another option out of the box, but I'd love to hear what you have to say about what's next for Charles Oliveira. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I can't go Benny. I picked Benil Darius for Makachev. Uh, I, but again, I went pretty simple here. Just picked another guy from the card, someone who lost. This is nothing to do with, like, oh, who's going to get a title shot off this fight. This would just be a sick-as-hell fight. I would love to see Charles Oliveira and Gamrot fight. Yeah, that could happen later down the road. Um, and I know people go like, man, just can we give Gamrod like a, an easier fight? No, Gamrod is friggin' awesome. And I want, and Charles Oliveira is friggin' awesome. And I just want to see them in there rolling and grappling and just st- like th- throwing haymakers. Um, Gamrod has become one of the most exciting guys in a division filled with exciting guys. Like, I honestly, as far as entertaining fights go, he needs to build up more of a resume. He's getting right up there with like Gaethje, Poirier. Like the guy just doesn't have a bad fight. He's super fun to watch. So well-rounded. Some of the scrambles with Darius were awesome. Um, he really pushed Darius to the limit. Like this loss was a, was a credit to Darius, how how resilient and what a veteran he is. Because a lot of people would have wilted under the pressure that Gamrod put on him. So, um, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, people probably look at this and go like, well, one of these puts these guys on a two-fight losing streak. Doesn't matter at this point. You know, they're both veterans, um, Charles and, and Gamrot. Uh, a loss isn't going to kill him. And a win, you know, could could do a lot towards um, pushing Charles back to a teleshot or pushing uh, Gamrot to his first teleshot. So I don't care about, like, again, not super concerned about how a win or loss affects these guys. I just want to see a fun fight. People may notice that might, that's going to be a theme with some of my picks going forward here. I, this is interesting. Doing Fazee versus Oliveira. Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> I like that idea as well. Although I'm kind of mad at Raphael Fazeev right now, if we're, if we're being honest. But it all worked out, so it's okay. Yeah, okay. Um, so here's my <laughs> other here's my other option, AK. It's a little out of the box. It's a rematch. It's a rematch. One from seven years ago. I like where you're going. Different, from a different weight class. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see these guys run it back again. And I think we could do it. I think we could do it. I think we can line this up. I think it makes sense. Charles Oliveira... Versus Max Holloway too. I would watch the hell out of that fight. Darius is my official answer, but I'd love to see Oliveira versus Holloway just get back after it at 155. That's just super fun. You're a brilliant and handsome man. Do I say that enough? I say maybe I say handsome. No, maybe I say handsome. Maybe I say brilliant. But I don't think I say both together. You are you are so you're a brilliant and handsome man. That's a great pick. That and that's the kind of fights that Max Holloway should be taking at this stage of his career. Because if you're Max Holloway, there's obviously so many great challenges 145 and 155 but it's like you've you've been to the mountaintop you you've you've had these marquee fights it's hard to go back and fight like the number 12 ranked featherweight the number he would he would but this is a much more exciting thing for him um go back up to 155 dabble there uh and take an awesome fight with charles Oliveira. you're right and, and and give us another chance to see that one because the first one ended with an injury if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's like yeah. a shoulder injury. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like muddies up the, the results. Like I'm sure Holloway deserved to win that fight, but it was definitely a little bit of an unsatisfying end. I completely agree. And that's why I would love to see it again. That's if great, the UFC that's wants to, to have some fun. So the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. 
Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Aljamain Sterling had some fun yesterday. He dominates TJ Dillashaw, and we didn't get the full story of this fight told because of the injury to Dillashaw. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think this fight, it's obviously more competitive, but I think Sterling just trucks him. I didn't realize just how much bigger he was going to be than TJ Dillashaw. Like Dillashaw looked like a, a flyweight and Aljo looked like a freaking featherweight in there. It was crazy. But what we learned the most is that this fight should have never happened. Jose Aldo should have gotten his damn title shot. But I am not here to beat that drum again because we could do this for another hour. We did it for like 20 minutes on the post-fight show yesterday. But Aljo gets it done, finishes Dillashaw. He's, as the show states, on to the next one. And it's another cheap answer, but I'm just going to go with it. And I'm pulling another name off the board. It's Sean O'Malley. And this is a no-brainer. It's Mm -hmm. the biggest fight that this guy can get right now. And I think Sterling could do very, very well in that fight. And I already saw some comments in here already. But... Because in this, I went off on a tangent on the post fights yesterday because it annoyed the crap out of me. I heard the name that I didn't want to hear from Dana White. It made me so angry to hear Dana White say it. And I'm not even going to say that name right now. But Dana and Aljo, Aljo, what are you doing? Aljo should have jumped on this full force with O'Malley too. They didn't, but this is the fight. No matter how you scored his win over Piotr Jan, you got to go all in on this. We'll get into Piotr Jan in a moment, but... What are we doing here? Why is Aljo not jumping on this? Like, he matches up incredibly well with Sean O'Malley. Like, he should win this fight, and it's the biggest fight he can get right now. This is bigger than Cejudo. This is bigger than Cejudo. You want to know why? You want to know why, AK? Because nobody cares. Nobody cares about Harry Cejudo. This is the first time Dana White has said his name in two years, and now we're going to do it after Sean O'Malley just beat Piotr Jan? Controversial or not, Sean O'Malley, the guy you build to get to this point, and then it, when it's time to coordinate him, when it's time to put this man over, you say Henry Cejudo's name. I don't get it. I know it's an obvious one, but Mike, I think this counts as a as a one, two, three. Friends, Friends forever. forever. Perfectly I mean, timed, as always. We, as we always, always, we always yeah. nail it. We always nail it every time. I don't um, want to yeah. give the lobbyist show here. Oh, but. you're right. <laughs> you don't give him a free show. That's 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 a, that's an evening thing. Um, yeah, it, 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 let's hope the UFC does not complicate the situation. If if O'Malley's healthy, if Sterling's healthy, if their timelines line up, just make the fight happen now. Um, Cejudo is just brutal. I mean, he had a con- tweet last night. Let's bring the title back to America. Oh God! What the hell does that, I don't even want to get into it. Like I, I had, but I had to bring it up for anyone who missed it. What the hell does that even mean? I don't even know. Like, I don't want to. I, I, again, if I get into it, it's going to lead to some ugly accusations on my part. I don't. Oh, well, you guys can see the tweet. You guys can figure out what he's alluding to yourself. You, our, you, you, our listeners and our viewers are smart people. Um, that was a very strange comment to make and super dumb. Uh, so yes, no, he doesn't. Sahuda should not get anywhere near Aljamain Sterling right now. Uh, it is O'Malley. 
I guess I don't know if we want to talk about that now, Mike. You know, you know, I have some thoughts on that decision. Uh, I will be doing a robbery review. Don't worry, people. Uh, I said online, I was like, it's not a robbery, but but I will watch it again. I will watch it again with an open mind because I will say, we say this all the time when we're doing coverage on Fight Night, we're probably not scoring as closely as we could be. We're juggling like you know five or six other things. We're working. We're writing. Um, so people were watching the fight more closely than me, and a, a lot of people saying it was a robbery. Certainly, everyone in the media, uh, including myself, scored it for Jan. I, I, I would have scored it uh, 29, 28 Jan. Um, but I thought you could give one and three to O'Malley, and I saw a lot of media members saying the same thing: that you could have given one and three to O'Malley, that you could have given it to that you know you could have scored it the other way. So I'll elaborate more on that in the robbery review. But I'll just say, guys, I know MMA decisions. We saw all the media scored it, but go find the individual comments. You have almost just as many people saying. It was a close fight. So if you have like half those people saying it was a close fight, how much of a robbery could it be? I'm not saying the judges didn't get it wrong, but that judges getting a fight wrong is not the same as a robbery. I know it's it's a nuanced thing, but uh, and people will disagree. They got it wrong. It's wrong. Wrong as a robbery. Fine. I don't agree. Um, really great fight. And O'Malley has, in my mind, earned that title shot. Can he beat Sterling? I don't know. We had a lot of people saying he wouldn't even be competitive against Piotr Jan. The guy has a fan base. The guy knows how to sell a fight. Unlike Aljo, who, like you said, should be going in, should have started selling this fight already. He has a youthful fan base. This is a fan base that the UFC is constantly trying to tap into, and for the longest time couldn't. And guys like Conor McGregor and you know, and yes, now Sean O'Malley really did a lot to help bring in that audience. So um, there's just no reason not to go down this road if, if everyone's healthy. If you can get all the all the contracts to line up, um, I know O'Malley said he might want to renegotiate. We'll see how that goes. UFC is not in love, I think, with renegotiating after you've signed. You know, you're in the middle of an existing deal. But uh, if they does, if he does get a title fight, they should make him whole. Uh, same with Aljo, because uh, it could be a big one. I'm keep. I, I have this up for a reason because in in look, I I, I I'm a stubborn dude. I, I'll be the first one to say it. I'm a stubborn dude. I'm a stubborn dude. And sometimes we do these live shows on on to the next one. I get a little grumpy. I get a little grumpy on the shows, mostly because I'm didn't really get a lot of sleep and I got to sleep a little more, but I didn't sleep at all like Friday. So I am kind of grumpy right now, but I will say this. I could not disagree with this comment more. I could not disagree with this comment more. Alger didn't jump on the bandwagon for O'Malley because he'll make more money fighting Henry Cejudo. I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. O'Malley is the bigger money fight right now. No doubt about it. Everyone is talking about this guy, good or for bad. They're all talking about this guy. And I'm not saying, and, and let me just clear this up again. I'm not saying I don't want to see Henry Cejudo fight again. I do want to see him fight again. I would love to see him fight again. I'm not taking anything away from what this guy has done. But this guy screwed over the UFC. He turned his back on the company. They put him in this big spot on a pay-per-view. They gave him a very good matchup to style against Dominic Cruz. And he did just that. And then right when they were trying to build him up, because he was getting there. He was getting to that star level. He probably needed another win or two, but he was getting there, and the UFC was putting him in that position. And he just says, nope, I'm out. You're not paying me enough. I'm a star. Peace out. And that same night, Dana White said, okay, he's gone. Piotr Jan's going to fight for the title next. They didn't care. They didn't care that he left, and the division has moved on without him. The flyweight division has also moved on without him. The The bantamweight division moved on. Featherweight division moved on. Everybody moved on. Everybody moved on. All I ask from you, Henry Cejudo, is one thing. Go fight somebody. Not for the belt. Go fight Piotr Jan. That makes perfect sense right now. That's the fight I would book. That's the exact fight I would book is Piotr Jan versus Henry Cejudo. And guess what? If Henry Cejudo beats Piotr Jan, give him his tile shot. And then that's a big fight. But the point is, I don't believe he's fighting anybody. I don't think Henry Cejudo is going to fight anybody. Because this whole notion of I'm only coming back for a title shot is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Go fight somebody. Anybody. Go fight Dominic Cruz again. I don't care. Go fight somebody in the top 10. Win. And then you get a title shot. That's it. That's like no one's saying anything crazy here. Just go fight somebody and win. And then you could have a title shot. That's all. No big deal. And this is great. And if Henry wins that fight, this is very good for the division. It's great for the division. But right now, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, he's not coming back to fight. 
but you're, you're he's he's never coming back and you're right mike nobody cares this he'll will we'll still maybe mention his tweets every now and then he's still an important relevant figure in mma history two division champion olympic gold medals all that stuff a great fighter a great fighter not a proven star or draw by any means as you said he he kind of cut off his own his own legs before he got to that point he was he was close he was close and now he is talking as if again now he tweets and he comments and talks as if he he was this massive star in his prime and he was a great fighter maybe one of the maybe if you're just going by accomplishments one of the 20 best fighters in ufc history that's you he's that good 20 best fighters ever but he was he's not one of the 20 biggest stars in ufc history no way. I, I i maybe wouldn't even put him in like the top 40. there are so many people who are more famous more well-known bigger draws have a have a stronger fan base than Henry Cejudo. So, again, with respect to a guy who has done so much in combat sports, an amazing combat sports athlete, um, not a star on the level that he thinks he is. And uh, you know, as soon as as soon as he's, I don't know if he'll ever stop talking about fighting again. But uh, if that day comes, it, it can't come soon enough, Mike. So, yeah, I mean, we're all over the place because we're just pulling names off the board left and right here. So, to me, I would love to see Jan versus Cejudo, but we're not going to see it. Cejudo's not going to take that fight. So, give me Jan Cheeto Vera. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that because Cheeto's not going to get a title shot. If you want to do Jan versus Cheeto, I'm fine. But Jan's just in a weird position. There's really no wrong answer with Jan. I mean, the right answer is Cejudo, but Cejudo's not going to fight him. So, if you want to do Jan Cheeto, I'm in. And, uh, yeah, what do you think? I was selfish with my. I feel like I was selfish with my Oliveira Gamrot pick, and I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. And I, I, this is a fight where I don't care what it means for either guy's ranking or losing streak. I need to see Jan and Yanez. I need to see hashtag Jan Yanez. I think Yanez is the best boxer in the UFC. I have said, I said, I have written this down in an, in an article when we discussed who's the best boxer in the UFC. We did a roundtable. I picked Yanez. Uh, Jan is right up there. I think someone else picked Piotr Jan, and quite logically, I think Jan was the champion at the time or the interim champion. Uh, so you can't go wrong with that. But guess what? We have a great. This, this is the beauty of MMA. You can throw them in a cage, and they can figure it out. Um, hopefully, Jan would decide not to mix the martial arts. I do think he's a little more well-rounded than Jan is. And we just got uh, kickboxing with four-ounce gloves, as it were. That's that's what I'm. And with ground and pound, that's what I'm looking for. I need to see these two guys fight someday. I'm impatient. If it was up to me, I would have them fight next. I think Yanez deserves a big fight, um, and I think Piotr Jan would be a great option for him. So, Mike, I'm just, I'm just going all in, man. I'm skipping steps. I'm 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 not I'm not thinking straight. I just want to see big, exciting fights now, and uh, and Yanez would be my pick for Jan. Someone's mad about a take being ridiculous. Someone, I mean, we did, there, yeah, you got to you got to narrow it down. We say yeah. we we <laughs> we we make like half a dozen ridiculous uh, takes every hour, so. Uh, you got to narrow it down, guys. I, if, you're just, if you're saying it's a Cejudo take, you're incredibly wrong about you saying that's a bad take because it's a tremendous take and it's correct. It's the right take. It's it's uh, right. Mike, but, we didn't mention we didn't mention TJ. And so I'm here, sure, and I'm not sure we should. <laughs> I don't know. I like it, this. This might be the most. This might be the most difficult person to match rate for because this dude shouldn't have fought. He shouldn't have been fighting. He should not have gotten into this fight. Aldo should have got the fight. And then hearing that he's been injured since April and his shoulder was jacked up the entire time. The fact that this dude took this fight is ridiculous. I don't care that he apologized to this division. It was just, it, this fight shouldn't have happened. And we were right all along when it comes to the Jose Aldo thing. However, I don't know how to match make for this guy because I don't know when he's coming back. And to me, like, if he was coming back in like five months, I'd give him like Ricky Simone. Like, that's who I would give him. Somebody like that. A young whippersnapper who it's just a tough fight. Like, it's just a really tough fight. I'm not giving, I'm not doing TJ Dillashaw any favors here. He's getting the, the toughest, highest risk, lowest reward matchup in my eyes because of all of this. So I would do that, but I just don't know how to match make for him right now because I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I don't even know if this dude's going to fight again. Like I, I have no idea where he goes after all of this. So I'll, I literally have no clue. So what do you think? What, what did you come up with? Because this is this was the toughest one for me because I just nothing really makes sense because we just don't know anything right now. Again, I'm, I'm going with with fantasy matchmaking here. I want to see that cruise rematch still. I want to see that cruise rematch forever. Cool I, thought TJ, I thought TJ won the first fight. Given the state of his shoulder, I don't know if he could win the second. On the other hand, 
Dominic Cruz isn't exactly a spring chicken, and he's pretty much tied together by by string at this point. So it might be a little sad. It might not really capture the magic of the first one. You do have two guys who are shop born who've had a ton of injuries in their career. Again, one with TJ now super notable right in front of us. That played out live on pay-per-view. Very depressing to watch. But if we're going to have TJ fight again against a somewhat notable opponent, it should be Dominic Cruz. Um, Dominic Cruz could. <laughs> I mean, Dominic Cruz, if he thinks that shoulder's wonky, he could wrestle too. We talked about before Aljo, the only guy to like take TJ down and control him for even like 30 seconds was Dominic Cruz. So maybe he would go that route. Um, but uh, I'm willing to take that risk. I, I, I want to see them fight again. I don't know if it happens. We were saying with Dominic Cruz, like, for some reason, they seem very adverse to booking him in Legends fights. We wanted to see him fight Frankie Edgar. That felt like that was out there forever. We wanted to see him fight um, Jose Aldo. We felt like that was out there forever. Maybe Dominic Cruz doesn't want it. Maybe he's he's maybe Dominic Cruz is thinking, no, I, I want to keep fighting up and coming guys so that I can stay relevant in the rankings. But um, I I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about that. I'd love to see the Cruz rematch. I want to take a comment here from Dark Cloud NC. Uh, just talking about the Sean the O'Malley fight. Uh, Sean was taken down over and over again. If damage is what matters and not control, then why is Aljo currently champ? Uh, first of all, I will say, like, when I do the robbery review, people will see how much I'm going to factor out a lot of those takedowns that Jan did. They, they really did not matter. Aljo, the round that people always talks about where he can, where he had, uh, uh, excuse me, Jan's back for like four minutes, he actually did. There was one moment where he had a huge burst of ground and pound where he was really laying it on, on um, Jan. It was not prolonged. I will say it was not very long which is why people say it should have been a 10-9, not a 10-8. I kind of understand that. But it's also a round where, uh, unlike all the rounds with uh, O'Malley and Jan, um, like Jan literally did nothing in that one round. I think it was the second round, sorry, second or third round of the rematch with Aljo. So why is Aljo currently champ? Well, one, illegal, de- illegal knee in the first fight, second fight. Uh, he, had, he, he did actually do damage. It, it was not just control. Um, it wasn't a lot of damage, but it was more damage than Jan did on the ground to O'Malley. Um, at UFC 280, except for like a, a nice burst at the end, um, kind of like some hammer fist at the end of the at the end of the fight. But again, I'll 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 look it over. But I think people need to stop harping on the takedown thing so much. Like the takedowns in the O'Malley Yan fight really didn't shouldn't factor in. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I'm going to go back and watch it again. Uh, oh, yeah. I actually I, yeah. I scored the first round for O'Malley just because I thought right. he did. I yeah, I just thought his his shots are more impactful and that's not a stunning revelation peter Jan loses like every single first round but that was our concern the, the right that ruled. was our concern going in about a three-round fight we said is he going to give up a round and then all that has to happen is o'malley has to win half of another not even a full round he has to win one round and then half another round and that's how you end up possibly stealing a split decision right this was the a lot a concern for a lot of yawn betters and a lot of uh, a lot of people being yawn was this is not a five-round fight he doesn't get to turn on the you know turn on the machine uh, late in the second and then just and just truck his opponent for the next three rounds he actually had to like fight with some urgency and i thought yeah i mean and by the way Jan fought amazing obviously good enough to win on all the media scorecards a lot of fighters thought he won um but uh i, I just don't think there's any problem with an o'malley score uh i see sexy sexy uh going he's What's trolling this? with uh <laughs> not trolling but he's 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 uh, spamming with the what did we make of habib in the the call out we already addressed that it was brilliant it was brilliant. So yeah, so smart. Yeah, nothing but respect for the post-fight shenanigans of uh, Makachev and Nurmagomedov and their team. <laughs> it, was, it was perfect. They should do so this good. all as much as possible. So good. Benil, get someone who can help you with this stuff. because. <laughs> and by the way, Benil, I get it. Benil has greater concerns. He, he, he he's, he's always kind of shouting out important causes, and he's very politically oriented. That's fine. Um, but at some point, Benil, you got to go into business for yourself. You gotta go into business for yourself and get that. Because maybe you become world champion. You have a bigger platform to uh to espouse your political and religious views and all that. So uh anyway, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, and and, and the uh, the the case against that is that oh Benil's not a trash talker. You don't have to be a trash talker. Just say, mm-hmm. Hey, hey Islam, great performance, buddy. Great performance. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You are the best lightweight in the world. And much like another man I respect, Habib Nurmagomedov, the guy who laid down the challenge to Alexander Volkanovsky. Habib is a man of his word. When he says something, he means it. When he says he's not fighting again, I believe him. Are you a man of your word, Islam? Because you mentioned my name. You said you would love to fight me. You said you would love to give me a title shot if I won. Habib's a man of his word. Are you a man of yours? I believe you are. So let's do it. Let's do it. You said my name. Let's do the fight. Like, you just say that. You don't have to be like, Islam, MFR. 
you took everything I worked for. That was my title shot. You don't need to say that. But I get he's got to get there. He's got to get there. But did even, Bannon... even, even that little bit you suggested, Mike, is too much for him. You, yeah, you, you, so you, nice. He just he won't he it's won't so do nice. it. He won't do it. I know he won't. Uh, did Man and Fioro do enough to get a title shot? Yes. Moving on. She's fighting for the title. <laughs> okay. I well. I just like Valentina likes to stay busy. She likes to stay busy. Um, and we can keep talking about the Nunes rematch. It just doesn't, it just never feels like either of them is super motivated to do it. It doesn't feel like Dana White is super motivated to do it. It's really hard to get the memory of that second fight, I think, out of people's minds. So I would hope enough time has passed and we can kind of safely assume it won't go the same way. Because that second fight is real bad. It's not, it's not like Esparza uh Namajun is bad. But I don't think people remember how bad it was. I think people are a little more outraged that they thought Shevchenko won. And that's kind of like when people look back at that fight, that's why they want to see it again. They're like, oh, well, give Valentina one more shot. But I don't think people realize like what a bad style matchup they are just from an entertainment standpoint. They just are both like really like Nunez, Valentina Shevchenko, top shelf technical fighter, very patient. Um, Nunez has a lot of respect for her. So she just won't like rush in and, 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 and attack her as she would some other opponents. Uh, and that was kind of true of both of their fights. The first one a little more eventful, but the second fight was horrible. So I don't know if we see that one. And I love uh, Valentina just racking up title defenses. Uh, Manon didn't like blow the doors off with her win. Don't get me wrong. But listen, you take a decision from Caitlin Chukagan. That's actually super hard to do. She she is the decision. Uh, Chukagan is the decision like master. So if you can if you can win a decision, I don't care what the circumstances. And one that's pretty free of controversy i'm not saying it was dominant but like i think everyone agreed menel fiero won that fight um just, again this is almost like what we said uh, sort of the top of the show uh, not quite in the level of volkanovsky makachev but you've been building menel fiero up for this moment she is ready she wants it uh i think she wants it a little more than alexa grasso which is probably smart on grasso's part um i don't know how much more upside menel has if we're being honest just i think She's a pretty finished product, despite only uh, you know being eleven fights into her career. This is this is who she is, and I don't know if, if we need to see more before we throw her in there. Shevchenko is going to be probably a minus twelve hundred favorite, but that's fine. It's Shevchenko; it's what she does. I don't mind people wanting to see um, uh, Fierro get some more seasoning, but if the champ wants to stay busy and the champ wants to keep collecting champ paychecks, you got to just give her an opponent, and uh, Menon's the one. There we go. Yes. Wasn't that an enthusiastic endorsement for a uh, Firo uh, Shevchenko title fight? Like, she's got to fight somebody. Yeah. UFC, um, UFC, yeah. UFC 286. She's got to fight somebody. She does have to fight somebody, and it's going to be Manon Fioro if she beats Alexa Grasso, because that's okay. where I'm going. Let's just do it. I mean, at this point, like, what? what's, what's a few more months? Just I, This wasn't a, a performance that, that blew the, everybody away. So if and Alexa got the main event win, I, I'm fine with the, them doing it. If they give her the title shot, cool. But uh, I, I just don't know what Valentina's going to do. I don't, I don't know what she's going to do. But let's talk about a guy that everybody wants to talk about. And if you told me this was going to be the case heading into this card, I wouldn't say it was. It would be like completely shocking. But Blah Muhammad got over with everybody, and I think a lot of people owe this man an apology. Because no one was picking him to beat John Brady. No one that I saw was picking Bilal Muhammad to win. We thought it was an intriguing matchup. We thought Bilal had more pressure on. Like you can make a, you could have made a strong case that Bilal Muhammad had more pressure to win than anybody else on this card, including the main event and the co-main event. Like he had, it was all in. It's all in for Bilal from here on out until he gets a title shot. He's got to beat everybody that's in front of him. And Sean Brady was a tough test. Not only did he beat him, he finished him. And he did it in a way and in a location that he looked like a star doing it. So this is a huge moment for Bilal Muhammad. I picked against him. I'm done doubting this man. My one concern with Bilal was never the fighting style. It was never his skill. It was the mic work. The mic work has been horrific from this guy. And he almost went down the road again. I was, I was about to yell and get so mad at Bilal Muhammad because he called out Leon Edwards. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not getting that fight right now. It's not happening. And then he was like, uh-oh, beep, beep, back up the truck. I got to do a U-turn. And then he went and did the Shemayev call out, 
without saying the man's name. He could have done it better, but Bilal's getting better. He he, he realized, uh-oh, I'm, I shouldn't have said that. Backed it up, hit rewind, called out Shemaev, and if they can't get Colby to fight Hamzat, I think this is it. I think he's getting it no matter what. Like, it, it, it all the chips are in the middle. And if Bilal wins, this is the fight for him. If he wins, he's undeniable. It is a risky fight, obviously, but this is the path to a title shot. If he wants to fight for the belt in the next few years, he's got to fight Hamza. He's got to beat him. I do like the Gilbert Burns idea as well, but I think if you have a choice here, if the UFC is like, here, you want to fight Gilbert Burns or you want to fight Hamza Shemaev, you jump on Hamza Shemaev 1,000%. Are, are you here? Is, is this the one we're doing? Mike? One, two, three, four. Friends, Friends forever. People are literally looking at me right now. That's Good. Let awesome. them. Let them. I bet they, I bet they wish they had a Friends Forever it's moment. Just, you're all jealous. I have, the voice, I have the voice of an angel. They're so jealous of us. I have right the voice now. of Casey Lydon. Uh Yeah. Listen, Shemayev's a great fight for um, And it's a great fight for Shemayev. Shemayev has to do some reputation rebuilding right now. I mean, listen, we all. And he got into some weird brawl at 280. Like, people are just kind of looking at him as some can't make weight jackass right now. When six months ago, we we're saying this dude's the welterweight champion. Like, like, oh, Usman's just holding the belt for him or whoever, you know, after Edwards won the belt, people were like, well, Usman's going to, I mean, I mean, if, if you thought Shemaya was going to truck Usman, he's going to, he's going to frigging wreck Leon Edwards. This guy was anointed. He was in the same position Makachev was, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, if you're Jed Mishu, we we're already calling him the number one lightweight in the world. A lot of people think Hamza's the best welterweight. He has to prove again, he can make 170. I saw so many comments after he missed that he's never making it again. Um, which I disagree with, but I, I mean, look, he missed really badly. That you're going to get a reaction like that from people and saying, like, well, if you missed by that much, again, the miss is always worse because you know he kind of stopped cutting at some point. If uh, he had chosen to completely destroy his body and end up in the hospital, probably could have gotten down to like what 173, 174, which is still horrible. Um, so he has to prove that he can make 170 safely again. And yes, he has to beat another tough opponent. He he really. He really dropped the ball um, with not making weight for that Diaz fight because that was a freebie. That was a. I think he. I think we all agree he would have annihilated Diaz, um, and and he would. Does he deserve a title shot after, off of that? I don't know, but they were gonna give him one. He was going to get Leon Edwards. Now, now he has to fight a really tough guy in Muhammad, a guy who I think he'll go in big favorite minus three hundred, minus four hundred. That's fine, um, but like. This is this is a fight Shamayev needs as much as Muhammad does, and as you said, Mike, if Muhammad can can end the Shamayev hype train, I mean, we'll be talking about him as like as one of the most like unbelievable runs to a title shot that we've seen because he's just kind of been consistent. He's been uh, he's starting to put on more exciting performances. Um, I don't know if people agree because you know the way he controlled Luke and Thompson for me that was exciting to watch just because like I didn't think you could do that to those guys. Uh, so yeah, I'm all in Muhammad Shamayev. I don't know where we need to make this happen, but um, you can do Las Vegas. You could do an international show. Let's do that fight. It's a great fight. Yeah, Blaw's next fight needs to be a big one. So if if it's not Shemaev, and I know Gilbert Burns will hate to hear this, but I wouldn't mind him them doing. I don't think Mazadal would take the fight, but it's it'd be a good little reward for Bilal to fight Jorge Mazadal because again, it's it's the name value of the win. I know he's on a losing streak. I know people have kind of turned on Mazadal. I understand that, but Mazadal's still a name. He's still a draw. People obviously care about what he has to say and his fights and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Bilal's in a great spot right now. He's in a great spot, and we'll see how Sean Brady can bounce. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. So let's go to the wild card round. We'll match make for some we have not match made for yet, AK. So where are you going with this? First off, did we both pick Makayev? Yes. Okay. All right. 
are we about to have a, a, a wild card friends forever moment possibly have we ever because had one of those i think i know I where think you're going we, I, we, I think we might have i saw people throwing this name out in social media and immediately i was like yeah that's the way to go it's a perfect it's a veteran guy it's a great grappler uh it's a ranked guy i want to say he's in our rank uh, we're not gonna have a friends forever moment oh we're not gonna have friends forever okay because i am ready to give uh, young Makayev a ranked opponent. Uh, he is, and by the way, he himself is ranked in our rankings. He is tied for 12th, I believe. He's tied for the number 12 spot. Uh, and the person I'm matching up with is our number 15, one well, Mr. Tim Elliott. Uh, great grappler. I like it. Yeah, he's been a title. He's, he's fought for the title. He's just always a tough out. Uh, I do think we didn't see the best of Makayev at, uh, at US 280. And I also thought Malcolm Gordon was a really game opponent. So shout outs to. My fellow Canadian, uh, Malcolm Gordon, uh, but uh, Makayev, he, he he pulled out a win. He got the, he got the finish in the end. Um, so still still a good night. He's 22 years old. I keep telling people you're going to see these things with guys like him and Aaron Blanchfield and, and Tetsuo Tyra and, and whoever any of these un, uh, under 25 people. You're going to see inconsistent nights. You're going to see off nights. What were you doing when you were 22? You probably weren't. Uh, not you, Mike, but the the listeners, the viewers. You probably weren't uh, Mr. and Mrs. You know, super reliable. Uh, you probably had weird days where you just weren't at your best. You didn't perform. Now imagine doing that, except you're a cage fighter. Uh, and there's all these like a million other variables that affect your profession. You're not going to have your best nights. And guess what? He still, I would say, won every round and finished the fight. So not too bad. But I think he's ready for a step up. Um, I think he can beat Tim Elliott. And if he doesn't, I wouldn't be disappointed. It's okay. This young man's got to take a loss someday. Maybe it's better he takes it now before he's on his his true charge towards uh, you know a title shot. I like it. I'm, I mean, it depends on how you look at this, whether or not we're taking a little bit of a step higher or right around the same. I don't know. It, it, it depends on how you look at it. I also picked Muhammad Mohayev, and I went – there are a couple of dream matchups at this division that we've had to break up, unfortunately, due to time. Okay? So Tyson Nam has a new opponent in, mm-hmm. in my eyes. Do Tyson Nam versus Tetsuro Tyra. Yes. I'm cool with that. Brennan Royval is about to fight Elbazi, and I think Royval is, is – I don't want to do Royval versus Makayev. I don't want to do that. I, I think we need to see a little bit more. This is going to be a tough test for him, and his name is Minel Cap. That's the one. Like, I'm ready to see it. Just do it. Let's just do it. Put these two dudes together, and let's just see what happens because we got to get Manel in the cage, man. We got to get this dude in the cage. We have to. We have to. And I want to see it. I want to see what happens when these two fight each other. And I think Makayev can beat him. Like, I think Makayev can beat him. But Manel is just is a super powerful dude. And it just takes one with this guy. But I would favor Makayev to win that fight. But I just want to see what would happen if those two guys fought. And I'm ready to see it right now. Uh, Manel Cap number 11 in our rankings. So one spot ahead of Makayev functionally. Uh, I wonder after when the new rankings come out this week, people look out for those. I wonder if Makayev will leap over him with the win. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much that performance affected it. I think I did move Makayev up. I might not have had Makayev ranked. I'm not sure. Um, again, I've, I've been very slow rolling with my uh, Makayev hype. But um, in some ways, I was impressed by Saturday's performance. In some ways, again, felt he has a long way to go. Uh, I like it. I like it. That's That might be the one of the most risony uh, non-heavyweight Ryzen-y matchups that you can make in the UFC because that's exactly like if this was in Ryzen, they would have no hesitation throwing Makayev into the cage uh, with uh, or into the ring, excuse me, with Manel Cop. That's the kind of just kind of stuff they do. That's kind of just how Japanese MMA works. It's like if they think a fight is intriguing, they don't care if you're ready for it or not. It's like just get in there. And also, if you lose, it's you know the culture is a little different over there. They're like, okay, you lost. We're just going to book you again, and, you know, on our next show and. You'll get right back on the horse. So, um, yeah, I love it. I love it, Mike. It's a big risk, big risk for both guys. Uh, uh, again, Manel Cop could hand Makayev his first loss. Makayev could make Cop look really bad, maybe worse than anyone we've seen. Just his wrestling is so friggin' dominant, so good. His grappling is so strong. Such an explosive young athlete, but uh, Cap's explosive as well. So, yeah, I love it, man. Flyweight again. We keep saying it. flyweight, not the deepest division, but so many good matchups, so many good potential matchups. I love it. Yeah, yeah, the guy's a problem. Uh, I, I love Jed's take, and I completely agree with him that Makayev just needs to go in there and get mad at somebody. Yeah, just get mad. Like he just he's always smiling. Like, he's always, he's smiling. always smiling. I'm having a. I'm a young guy. I'm having a good time. That's great. That's great. But you're about to get punched in the face, bro. Yeah, and don't ask Dana for 50 Gs when you're a um, minus 11. He hit all the. Uh, he did the. What did he? He did the 50 Gs, and then he did. He did two like cliches. He had a lot of cliches. Uh, 
again, he's a young guy who pretty much when he does interviews is just kind of you can tell he's doing the playbook of other people he's heard talk. This, and this isn't just MMA. This is every sport. Every sport. Watch young guys who come up and like the rookies and, and young players like they just kind of repeat the talking points of guys before them. You know, they, they've had the kind of media training and make fighters don't have that training. Their media training is YouTube. Uh, Khabib, uh, Conor McGregor, depending who you want to emulate. Uh, maybe George St. Pierre, if you're a Canadian guy, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not, he's still, he's still figuring out who he is. Again, 22 years old. Turned 22 in July. He's not even close to 23 yet. So, All right. So I probably, I probably have like seven minutes Okay. before I have to wrap all this up. So Let's we're going to open, we're, we're yeah. open the floor. We're opening right, the floor. Let me tell people in the comments. Send open oh, the list. All right. Send so if you got matchmaking thoughts, something fun, something serious out of the box from this card. Uh, let's get after it. Let's get after it. So put them in the chat. We'll pull them up on the screen. We'll yeah, and the, unless I won't read the usual disclaimer because we don't have time. I'll just add on. Uh, let's not, you know, guys, you know, listen, anyone who has any wild ideas about Habib coming back, he's not coming back. I don't know why anyone would suggest that. It's just stupid, Mike. It's just stupid that anyone would say that like, oh, Charles Oliveira is going to beat Islam and obviously which didn't even happen and that that's going to motivate. There's no scenario where Habib comes back now. And for anyone like ahead of the fight to even suggest it, ridiculous and embarrassing. I can't, I don't know. I'm not naming names. I don't know who would suggest such a thing, but just absurd. Hilarious. Just okay. Uh, there's, I mean, there's matchmaking and there's other questions as well. Right. So let's. Who has the best chance to feed is on Makachev right now, AK? Oh, God. Uh, nobody. Um, uh, 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 Kamar Uzma? I don't know. Someone at welterweight? I, just, <laughs> I, I don't think there's anyone at 155 who, like, I think... Let, let me let me, let me me get back to you on that one. I'm just looking at my top 15. I don't like anyone's chances to beat this guy right now at 155. Uh, I think Volkanovski... Like, I don't think Volkanovski beats Islam, but I, I do think stylistically it's... On paper, like I said, I and I picked Oliveira to win, but it was just it was more of a vibes thing. It was more of and I just need to see this guy lose. And then and like once I see it, then I know it's like actually realistic that it can happen because Oliveira has defied logic with the streak he was on. He's and Makachev's just been near perfect throughout all of this. So everything on paper told told me Makachev was gonna win this fight. I still um, believe Makachev beats Volk, but I think stylistically, I it, I think it's a more competitive fight on paper than the Oliveira fight. If that makes sense, yeah, I just no, think, I, yeah. But I yeah. love I love the fight. I I'm, I would pick Islam, but yeah, I'm into it. Like I think it's a comp- I think it's more competitive on paper for sure. I'll say maybe a Hamzat if Islam goes up to a 170. There you go. If if, if Hamzat can still make 170 and Islam decides to go up there, uh, let, yeah, maybe I'll go. I'll pick Shemaya. I mean, we don't. Will Connor fight again? Probably. Um, I mean, do you want to respond to this? Because we talked about it. We were reacting to it live I'll, on our yeah. I, I I I don't know. I don't know if I missed. It. I, I'll have to watch closely. Uh, was were they were that were they that blatant? I wasn't. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if it was that many times. I know. Shut up. So the question was thoughts on O'Malley for the podcast listeners. Thoughts on O'Malley grabbing the cage six plus times, and maybe it was that many times. It was a few for sure that mm. that we saw, and I reacted at the time. You know, you know what I said, AK. Yeah, good. You know what I say, grab Do it again. It. Do it. Keep grabbing it. Because was he even what? warned? Was I don't remember. I don't. There was. I don't. Maybe that's why I missed it. I don't recall a I mean, warning or a slapping of the hand. Yeah, or... There was like eleven warnings and yeah, a moving of the hand, but no penalty, no stopping of the action, no, no repercussions at all. So yeah, if, if thoughts on grabbing the cage six plus times, grab it twelve plus times because they yeah. ain't gonna call it and they ain't gonna stop you. Yeah, listen. If if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You know that you're a Patriots fan, uh, Mike. So yeah, we 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 support it for sure. We uh, we encourage. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> you prick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, some, some RM Petrosian love versus Puna. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. that. I, I saw a lot of listener suggestions with like throwing him in there with like brawlers. Because, yeah, I want to see people, someone bring out sort of the, the beast. Armin is, if he wants to, he can pick you apart for three rounds. No problem. That's, that's what this guy does. Uh, he's very technical. I'd need to see someone kind of, because I saw uh, another one, uh, Blendado Silva. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, someone's just gonna get in his face and 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 make him fight. Maybe draw a knockout out of him. I don't know. So I like that. 
Sean Brady versus Vicente Luque. I like yep. that fight. It's going to happen. It's going to. I don't know if it happens next. I feel like those two are definitely going to share the cage at some point. Very nice. Very good pick. What about O'Malley versus Sadudu? First of all, Sadudu was a sick burn. Uh, Aljo, well done. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so, I can't remember. Was Cheeto uh, Cheddar? I don't know. What do you say about Cheeto? Oh, Dorito? What do you call that was, Cheeto that Dorito? Was, that was terrible. <laughs> Sadudu is kind of funny. Sadudu is just that right level. I think I think I feel like Esther Lynn would find that hilarious. She loves that kind of stuff. Uh, very scatological. What was that? Mike, Mike uh, was that who what? <laughs> what was even the pick? Oh, O'Malley versus Sudo. We kind of talked about this. Yeah, listen, that's a great fight for Sudo. If he beats O'Malley, then we can talk about all this other stuff. Just come back and beat someone besides asking for title fights. O'Malley would be fine. Dillashaw versus Garbrand three. I don't really have any interest what? in seeing that. <laughs> I would rather I would rather see. Because so we I pulled this up earlier. Uh huh. I would not, and I mentioned this should be the should have been the fight for his return from the USADA suspension. Anyways, yeah. What about Dillashaw Uri Faber? I'm okay with that too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Again, guys who could wrestle and maybe mess up that shoulder even more, but that's fine. It, it just at least you can sell it. It's sellable. The name value, the history. I like it. I saw some people like Mirab versus Dillashaw, and I'm like, what the is wrong with you? Why would you – did you not just see what the hell happened when Aljo got his hands on him? Marab might rip that arm off. Why, what are we doing? <laughs> what, what the hell's going on here? Uh, let's see. Aljo Cheeto, Jan Marab, Sean versus Sanhagen, TJ Cruz 2, Bilal Burns, Krylov versus Lionheart. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, I like that one. Wow. I mean Kyle, – Kyle versus Brendan Allen. We're already pushing him to the middleweightiest middleweight wow. title fight. My goodness. I mean, listen, that. I mean, that is a that, – that is – the most coveted spot in this division outside of the title is the number 16 spot. Uh, I see, I think somewhat jokingly, spiritual Ed asking, was Charles Rattle on the way to the octagon? Some fans seem to grab him and say something to him. He looks spooked. Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't notice that. And I don't think I, I did notice that. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think he was rattled. Though. No, Islam just, I, beat, Islam just beat his ass. Let's just be, <laughs> let's be honest here. Islam just beat his ass. I think Charles was rattled the second Makachev hit him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what rattled him. Makachev punching him in the face. Like, he was like, whoa, okay. He was like, this, <laughs> dude, this dude's better than I thought. That'll throw you off real quick. Uh, Mike, I want to read one thing about – I know I said no Habib talk, but I, I someone has my back on, on my stupid theory uh, that I had before the fight. And, and a first-time contributor, so I'll shout him. Alex Gwynn on Instagram said, book Abubakar versus Hamzat. They had a scuffle. They should settle it. This is to plant the seed and lure Islam up to 170. By the time this happens, Hamzat will have the 170 strap. After Hamzat obliterates Islam and teabags his unconscious body, he will fight Habib at 185. Habib will be a stepping stone on his 185-pound title run. I don't know if any of that made sense, Mike, but that's just kind of where those of us who are, 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 are the Habib Anon, people who think Habib's going to come back, uh, that's where we are mentally right now. We're in shambles. We are in shambles. We're not in a good place. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I heard the the tea bag thing, and I was like, oh, <laughs> "Patty Pimble's fighting Jared Gordon." So there you go. We can uh, I saw put that. A, put, put that to, to rest. Yeah, year versus Emmett for the number one spot. I think, like I said, because I'm in favor of Volkanovski just getting a featherweight title fight. I think next week, I think that the Cater uh, Arnold Allen winner could get it. I think Yair, who's had a habit of kind of like not fighting and getting big fights, could just fall into it after the Ortega non fight. Um, so there's a lot of options for Volkanovski's title defense, but certainly Emmett is in there. Of course, he won that controversial uh, fight with uh, Cater. So I'm still th- all of this is reminding me. Let's let just let Volkanovski defend his title in Australia. We don't need to see the Makachev fight there because I think I think he'll lose. Do you think Blah will have to fight Shavkat if he beats Jeff Neal? No, I I, I no no heading no. heading in if heading into the card if you told me that Bilal was going to beat Sean Brady. I would have said yes to this question. But the way mm-hmm. that Bilal did it, the reaction that it got, the reaction from the fans afterwards, no, he's not going to fight Sean. That was awesome. And great stoppage, by the way. Great stoppage by who, who was the uh, who was the referee in that fight? Um, let me just look. I want to shout out. Shout outs to Lucas Bozaki. That was a great stoppage. I know people kind of hate standing stoppages sometimes. Brady literally was not throwing back. And he wasn't. His hands weren't up. He wasn't throwing back punches. I get it. He's a super tough uh, young guy. He can take the shots. He shouldn't. Uh, and people are saying there was like whatever, 30 seconds left in the round. It is not the referee's job to consider, oh, can this guy make it to the bell? They have to assess it literally as just like, okay, is this guy getting effed up and is he not defending himself? I don't care if there's two minutes left in the clock or 30 seconds left in the clock. Is this guy in danger? Sean Brady, he, I think he saved Sean Brady some 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 brain damage there. So Lucas Wazaki, very good stoppage. Gamrats are gone too. Sign me the hell up. It ain't going to yep. happen. but I would, Sometime. I would, It'll happen someday. 
I would uh, I would watch the crap out of that again. Yeah. I've watched the first fight thirty times. This is so good. Um, people send in those. Keep sending them in. People keep sending them in. What else we got? Yeah. What else we got? We got a couple minutes. Uh, what we don't have is time. So oh, uh, I'm I'm trying to done? pull up a few more. Yeah, we got okay. like maybe another minute. I'll see if there's any as as you're reading. I'll see if there's. But any a lot of people agree. Anything. Brady was deer in the headlights. Uh, Brady got saved. Good stoppage. I agree. Brady was not. Mike, how do you feel about how do you feel about uh, this is from who's this from? I should say who's from Matt? No, who's this from? Where this I had this great pick and I just totally lost it. Oh, it's multiple people. Uh, uh, Boral Boralho versus uh, Mearshirt. Put him in there with another grappler. What do you think of that? I'm down for that. That's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I like it. I like it. I mean, these are the kinds of fights that Mearshirt gets and loves yeah. and. Is probably a, is like a plus four fifty underdog and then wins and gets a submission. I don't know what we have with Kyo yet. I really don't. I still don't know what he is. I don't know what uh, he is. He's good. He's, he's very good. He's an effective grappler. I don't, I don't know if he's like a top fifteen guy. They, they certainly. I, don't know I think they believe in him. I think the UFC believes in him. I think they're booking him really well. I think. I think whatever he is, they've done a great job with positioning him. Uh, I just myself have no strong gauge for what what his future is. All right, I'll take one more. All right. Uh, what's next for Marab after Aljo successfully? Yeah, defended? that's a great question. Uh, what's next? Okay, not TJ Dillashaw. I'll tell you that much. Again, anyone, uh, anyone who sent that in, that uh, who DM'd me that, you're a sick person. What's wrong with you? I'd like to see him maybe get a rematch with that uh, that six foot four kickboxer lady who like was throwing him around earlier this week. Uh, that was a bad look for him. He was getting flipped head over heels. Uh, Katarina, <laughs> did you see? You saw that, right, Mike? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I should say I her, name. The name. I forget her name. I, I will say uh, Katerina Kabaleva. Uh, that was a hilarious clip. I thought that was lovely. Oh, so yeah. Maybe maybe he wants to get that get, get that one back because I would consider that a, a ten eight for uh, Katerina. Um, what's next? Oh, say, I, I, Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, I'm, I like Corey that Sanhagen? fight. Yeah, I like that I think fight. That's the way to go, right? Yep, I like that fight. All right, listen. There we go. I know this isn't the typical answer. I wish we time. had more time. I wish we had more. Me time. too. Me too. But I I I, I gotta get ready to roll. Yes. Uh, I gotta check out and pack and all that stuff. Um, I'm actually going to meet GC and some of the MMA hour production dudes, uh, watch a little football in a little so while lucky. before I have to go to the airport. So, uh, so thank you, AK. Thank you yes. for everybody who joined here. And thank, thank you for anyone who hopped into the watch party yesterday. Cause that was yes. just ridiculously fun. Uh, and it was chaotic and I was mad at Raphael Fazeev for a little while because he no showed us and I was not, it was it was tough, but listen, things happen. Um, and then we got another special guest, and then he bailed on us. So, but luckily, the great MMA fighting staff stepped in, short notice, made it happen. New York Rick Shaheen had to stick around for a lot longer than he anticipated. Uh, shout out to Drake Riggs, AK. We'll have to get you in for the next one for some positivity. And uh, just it was just so cool to to be in that studio, and you know, I, just. Being in the MAR studio. Now, it didn't look the same. The desk was out of there. By the way, Ariel, if you're watching this right now, I looked at it yesterday. It's all fixed. All fixed up, buddy. So when you walk in for the MAR, you are just ready to go. Nothing needs to be moved. Nothing needs to be touched. You're all set, my <laughs> man. You're all set, my man. So thank you for loading the studio out to us. But we are done. Uh, AK, you're the man. We'll be back. You're oh, the yeah, man. We get a card next week. We get a card you're next week. And thank you, everyone watching. Uh, thank you, everyone watching, and, and who listens to this on the uh, podcast network later. Yeah. Yes, normal, uh, normal show next week. Podcast. Right. You want to run it down real quick, marker machine style? Uh, yes. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Let's pull up this card: Cater versus Allen. The main event. That main event rules. Right now, it's eleven fights, uh, which is perfect. Which is perfect. And normal day MMA, four p.m. prelims. So I'm cool with that. Right? Or is it earlier than that? Uh, let me see the ESPN schedule right now. Go ahead, Mike. You just run it down. I'll, right. I'll, 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 I'll tell you. So main event, this is Vegas 63. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. Fantastic main event. This fight should not be in the apex. I'm sorry. Tim Means versus Max Griffin. Good fight. Dustin Jacoby, Khalil Roundtree. Great fight. Waldo Cortez Acosta versus Jared Vandera. It's a fight. That shouldn't be in the apex. That shouldn't be in the UFC. Uh, Treshawn Gore, Josh Frem, that should be pretty chaotic and crazy. Okay. Uh, Andre Arlovsky fighting oh, yeah. Jared de Lima. Chase That's, Hooper's back. They better move Arlovsky. I, I know this is not the finalized lineup. They better move Arlovsky Pazau onto the main card over Vandera and Cortez Acosta. What are, what's going on? What are we mm, doing? Yeah. 
But if we had to take a if if we had to take wagers on which fight's going to be more exciting, it's probably not the Arlovsky. Yeah, can fight. we can we respect the heavyweight goat here? Jesus. <laughs> uh, Chase Hooper's back against Steve Garcia. Joseph Holmes versus Jun Young Park. Roman Delize, Phil Haas. Good fight. Uh, we could see Garrett Armfield fight at bantamweight this time around against Good. Christian Rodriguez. Cody Durden versus Klitsa Rodriguez. So not too bad. We lost a couple fights. We lost Jakar Close versus Mark Batson. Mark Batson is going to fight, uh, but not on this card. He's fighting Grant Dawson November 5th. So that, oh, okay. that's happening November 5th. We also lost Ilya Taporia. Ilya Taporia versus Edson Barboza. Barboza. That's a bummer. Damn. That's a bummer. And there's like all these different reports of like what's happening with this featherweight division, and none of them are like done. So it's very strange. It's very weird. I don't know. I'm what's calling happening. it. I think the winner of this main event, if they win in impressive fashion and say the right thing, they get Volkanovski in Perth. I'm just saying. Oh. I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Just I've had some pretty bad predictions lately, and you guys can add this one to the pile. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. Back next week, we'll recap Vegas 63 from a matchmaking perspective. But until then, everybody, always remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we'll have more fun right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.